Hi there, Anthony Alejandrez here, and we're talking NASCAR tonight, and we got a special guest lined up on the show, NASCAR champion Chris Eggleston, just uh, recently crowned NASCAR k Pro Series West champion in a great battle uh, down to the end at Phoenix International Raceway, and uh, we'll welcome him onto the show now. How you doing tonight, Chris? I'm good, Anthony. I appreciate you having me on your program, and uh, yeah, just what a great season it was here in 2015. Driving for Bill McNally Racing, Napa Filters, Toyota, and uh, like you said, a Phoenix man. Well, it was pretty cool to come out of there with a championship. Yeah, and you said it. I mean, you came out of there with a championship, and I mean, this was your first full season in anything, uh, you know, in NASCAR. I mean, what's life been like for you since, I mean, now you're a few weeks removed from uh, from the championship win. I mean, how does it feel knowing that you're a NASCAR champion now that you're a few weeks past this? It, it, it's uh, it's surreal. Huh? It's definitely a humbling experience. Um, growing up at you know in the racing world as as a kid, uh, whether it's in quarter midgets at five years old or legend cars at fourteen, super late models, you know your ultimate goal and dream is to be a NASCAR champion, and you never know the realistics or how realistic that could be growing up uh, due to any obstacle in life. And to be able to give him the opportunity by great people with Bill McNally Racing, guys over there that work so hard, and the great partners that he's got over there uh, with Napa and Toyota and everybody, uh, for everybody to just collaboratively come together with the synergy that we had as a team and collectively win this championship, it, it's cool. Uh, it, like I said, it, it's the most humbling experience I've ever been a part of, and I just hope we can build on the success and the foundation that we've laid here in 2015 and hopefully carry it on to 2016 as well. Yeah, now let's talk about the beginning of this championship race day for you guys in Phoenix, because things were not made easy on you guys. You and your Bill McAnally racing team had to scrap really hard in practice. Um, in the race's lone practice session, you had an engine failure on your number 99 Napa Toyota, and you got into a mad scramble and got that engine changed, and you were able to get back out there on track uh, before practice ended, which was very huge. Uh, why don't you talk a little bit about that? Yeah, it, man, I tell you what, uh, we couldn't go without some adversity, um, for sure. Uh, we got we got the Phoenix, and we were kind of trying some new stuff uh, that was uncharted territory for us as far as setup-wise, and really reacted well to it. Uh, I think we went P2 or P3 right away on the speed charts, and we felt very confident and optimistic about our chances. And shortly after that, uh, quickly in the first session, we lost an engine, and I think it was just one of those freak deals. <clears throat> and when we did, um, everybody did go into a mad scramble. You know, the, the attitude of everybody changed. But what I liked most was the second that it happened, everybody just rolled their sleeves up and went to work. And it was really cool for everybody to come together, not get discouraged, and not lose hope. And for everybody to pull through, be prepared. Um, and, man, I tell you what, they had to have been a record, if not very close, uh, I think. 40-some minutes to change a motor, which is very impressive by those guys. The amount of hard work and effort that they put into it, what a great job and to get us back on track in that um, first only and final practice session with a few laps to go. Kind of had to jump ship on that setup just because we didn't have as much many laps on it. Uh, we didn't know what it was going to do when the sun went down, so we kind of went to, back to something we knew. Uh, maybe gave up just a little bit of speed, and then going into qualifying trim, didn't really know exactly what we had kind of qualified middle of the pack um, and knew we had our work to cut out for us there at the feature and a hundred laps, you know, just kind of, kind of, you know, being patient, uh, started working our way up through the field 
I think we got as high as sixth or seventh there on the last restart. And then with some a little bit of uh, adversity and drama there on the last lap, uh, we faded to uh, whatever we finished, 10th or 11th or whatever. But all in all, we did did what we needed to do um, coming from that engine change and coming out with the championship. I guess that was just icing on the cake and, uh, uh, you know, just, just made us work a little harder for it. That's all. Yeah, and talk about an intense day at the track. I mean, with the engine failure and everything, but you were already up against uh, quite uh, the tight battle in the points championship. I mean, you had uh, you had the point lead going in, but you had a driver just four points behind you, and you had a couple other drivers in contention. I mean, in the Sprint Cup series, they you know they have a system for this where they make it to a four driver battle in the final race, but in the K and N Pro series, they just do a full season's worth of points, and you still were down to four drivers at the end who mathematically could win that. Did that make the situation that much more intense? Yeah, I think so. Um, and I think that's a testimony to the NASCAR Canaan Pro Series. I don't think they've had a point series that tight in a long time, if any. Uh, for four drivers to be as close as they were and nobody to real dominate dominate the series like anybody has done in the past, like a Persley, a Mayhew, a Eric Holmes, you know, uh, <clears throat> everybody had you know pretty much two wins this season. Nobody had more than that. And it was cool to put our name uh, along the list of that to win at Irwindale and Shasta. And to go into that final race with only a four-point separation and 12-point separation in the top four, especially leaving Roseville with the amount of time that we had in between uh, Roseville and the season finale in Phoenix, it just, everything kind of compounded. You know, you had more time to psych yourself out, think about it, what could go wrong, what, what could happen. And, Certainly, you can never prepare for everything, um, and so it was tough um, going into that final day. I just tried to keep as level-headed as I could, calm as I could be, and just try to go in there and and do what we we were there to do, you know. And and our ultimate goal, obviously, was to race smart and, and patiently. Um, obviously, we would have loved to win the race, but we knew what we had to do, and and that was to finish ahead of the the seven car, the nine car, and the twenty-seven, and. And we were able to do that and come away with our first cane in West Championship. Yeah, now let's talk about those final several laps of the race. You hinted at it a little bit earlier, but you were uh, one spot ahead of your closest title competitor, uh, competitor, Noah Gregson, and you had a pretty comfortable lead on him with about seven laps to go to where you could have really just cruised your way onto that championship. But then the race leader gets a flat tire, caution comes out, and now you're side-by-side with him on a green-white checker restart. Did you get the sense that things might get messy? <laughs> Uh, I mean, just even rewinding even further than that, the last 20 laps, uh, counting them down, I, I, I don't think they could have gone any slower. And to your point, you know, we had, I felt like a comfortable lead over the seven car. Um, and, and so at that point, you know, you're just thinking what, what could go wrong? You know, you saw some people have some trouble with, uh, some tire failures and you're just thinking, you know, man, are we next? You know, what could happen now? And when that caution came out, you're right. I mean, it was, you know, we had to double-check ourselves, and we knew we had to dig hard on that restart. And things kind of got jumbled up going into turn one, um, and I thought we could ride behind them there going into that last lap, and people kind of got bottled up there going into one of the last and final lap, and just instincts took over, and I jumped to the bottom through the dog leg and made the pass on him, and uh, I believe it was 04 or somebody. I can't even remember. And when he got into us into three, you know, I, the whole season flashed before my eyes, and I, I really thought it was over. And, you know, I, I think uh, just just the way it, way it played out was um, we, we were fortunate, we were lucky, um, and I think it, it worked out just the way we thought it would. 
Um, but obviously you can't prepare for that contact on that last lap. It definitely caught me off guard and just thankful we were able to hold onto it and come out there uh, ahead of the seven car to win that championship. Yeah, it had to be really remarkable, uh, you know, just the set of circumstances, especially for you having seen on video what happened afterwards. Can you even believe the way that played out, that you had that heavy contact going into turn four and that you were able to somehow come out of that in on the right side of things? Right. I mean, uh, before I saw the replay, uh, I didn't think the contact was that big. And, and everything happened so fast and in a blur. And I, looking back on it, I didn't really remember what happened. And then seeing the replay, uh, you know, I definitely questioned it. Like, how, how did we save it? That, that was crazy. Not only one contact, but uh, getting hit twice. Uh, it was pretty remarkable to, to climb up the racetrack like we did, not get into the fence or wreck, and um, kind of made the championship that more meaningful. You know, we definitely had to work hard going back to that motor swap early in the morning and then with that contact there late in the race. Um, it, it's a season and a race, nevertheless, that I'll never forget. And just so proud of the whole team and all our partners that we have. Um, you know, obviously, this wasn't just a, a driver championship. This was definitely a team effort and a team championship. And just so happy to share that with everybody that's worked so hard to get us where we were at the end of the season. Well, I'll say this, going back to everything that you went through that day with just the close points battle, ha- having an engine lost in practice, and then having to go through this incident on the final lap, it was truly a, uh, a remarkable championship that will be remembered by a lot of fans for uh, the uh, very exciting finish. But uh, also going back to that finish, uh, you know, you talked about just the uh, the range of emotions that you had to go through there on that final lap and everything. I mean, just with the incident and everything that happened, crossing the line, were you even aware that you had still had the championship lead? No, definitely not. I mean, I, I wasn't even sure where we were um, going into three and four on the white flag lap, last lap, and, and making that contact. I, I thought I could have crawled across the start-finish line faster than, than we were going, and and cars were driving by us left and right, and I didn't know where the seven car really was. And, and for that matter, as close as everybody else was, I didn't know where the nine car was. I thought he went by us, and, and I kind of crossed the start-finish line, and, and I don't really remember anything other than uh, my spotter, Eric Holmes, getting on the radio, and, and he mentioned something on the radio. You know, congratulations, 2015 champ, you know, something like that. At that point, when that came across the radio, I knew we had done it, and, and that was cool. Um, it, it took a, qu- a quick second to sink in. Um, you know, with all that emotion running high on the white flag lap leading into turn three and then recollecting ourselves, you know, there's definitely a lot to take in. And, and uh, you know, looking back on it, uh, it's, it's been an awesome season. Uh, it's been a great ride. And, and, again, hopefully we can just build on that success and, and bring it into 2016. Yeah, and this year was the first time in the West Series that uh, since 2006 that the driver with the most wins in the season – had two race victories. You were one of those drivers, and there was three others. Uh, was this just a product of the level of the competition being higher than ever in the West Series this year? Yeah, I think so, definitely. I mean, it's definitely a true testimony on the talent that's on the West Series, uh, for sure. Um, and I look for that to carry on to 2016 as well. Uh, for not not to have anybody run away with the championship or dominate the series with more than two wins, uh, I think is really cool. And again, a testimony to NASCAR and the K&N series. And I think it promotes uh, great racing for the fans, uh, the series, and the, and the racetracks themselves. So um, great job. Kudos to them. And hopefully we can build on that and uh, have close racing again next year as well. 
does winning a championship like this with two race wins and really it coming down to who was better more often, does that make it any more gratifying for you knowing that it wasn't just about winning a few races, it was about running, putting together a whole good season? Yeah, for sure. I mean, I think we had the most top fives out of the season, nine, I think, or so out of 13 races. Um, Consistency definitely paid off. You know, we tried to be smart week in, week out, be patient. We never tried to put ourselves in a position that um, was detrimental to points. Always tried to lead a lap when possible, lead the most if we could. Uh, We were able to do that at Irwindale and get some extra bonus points. And then just having a great team like BMR to provide great race cars. Um, I don't think we had a single parts failure uh, until that engine loss in Phoenix. And I don't, I don't, I think that was a freak deal that nobody could have prevented for whatever reason that happened. And so to not have a parts failure in a race to take us out of contention all year, um, again, is a big part on those consistent finishes that we had that put us in contention to win that championship. So, um, like I mentioned, you know, although I want to take credit for the championship. What a great team effort we had all season long. And, and all the guys over at BMR, Napa, and Toyota, they deserve this championship just as much as I do. Yeah, and you talked about this team that you're on. And I'd like to talk about one team member in particular, Eric Holmes, your spotter. Eric's won three NASCAR West Series titles of his own. He brought two championships to Bill McAnally's racing team. And uh, he's been a part of your team throughout the 2015 campaign. Uh, how big of a help has he been to you this year, not just as a spotter, but having that veteran championship-winning experience? Yeah, for sure. He was a uh, he was awesome for for Bill to bring Eric on board on the BMR stable and to kind of kind of dedicate him onto the '99 team, acting not only as a spotter but a driver's coach. Um, it, it was truly um, a good move. Um, Eric and I, I thought, worked very well with each other. He understood me on what I was looking for in a race car, and he was able to help collaborate between myself and my crew chief, Roger, and between the three of us come together, um, you know, collectively make decisions on what to do with the race car throughout practice and give our shots uh, the best shot at winning the race that night, I I think was uh, truly impactful for, for our performances. So having a guy like Eric Holmes, um, it was really cool to have him on the radio for him to be in the position that we were, you know, he's won three championships already. He knew going into the weekend, you know, what needed to be done. And he helped me not only on the track, but off the track. So not only was he a great spotter and driver coach, um, I'm, I'm glad to call him a, a good friend that I've got to learn over the last year or so. And, and, uh, you know, he's a legend. So we'll, uh, we've got one championship under our belt. We'll, we'll now go try to catch him here and, and try to get our second one next year. Yeah, now let's talk a little bit about the beginning of your run here with Bill McAnally Racing because it's quite an interesting one that you have uh, with this team. Uh, you know, it's uh, it's crazy to think that it, this all started with just a one-race deal between you and Bill McAnally at Colorado National Speedway and that you've turned it into so much this year. Um, why don't you talk a little bit about that? Yeah, <clears throat> I mean, I, if that's not a Cinderella story, I don't know what is um, for us to get a long shot, to, to just dr- to have the opportunity to drive for Bill at my home track at Colorado National Speedway back in 2014 um, was a cool experience and, and moment leading up to that race that I knew I would never forget. And then to come out of there with a huge win, only my second came in start, my first of the 2015 season, obviously first with Bill and his team, um, I think definitely put myself, my name on the map, and definitely got my foot in the door with Bill. Um, and from there, I, I give Bill all the credit. He was the one that worked vigorously on the off season 
to give me that chance and opportunity to to get Napa to partner up, take a chance on on somebody from you know here a state in Colorado where a lot of people don't even think or understand we have racing out here in Colorado, and, and to be from Colorado, um, you don't just hear a lot of guys from Colorado in NASCAR as such. Uh, for Bill to take a chance on me from you know kind of uncharted territory, and they put me in the 99 car full time. Um, I couldn't think of a better way to thank him than to deliver him his sixth Canaan West Championship. Yeah, and it was a great uh, great season for you guys and for Bill, I mean, to get a sixth championship. It's uh, remarkable the run that he's had as a team owner. And uh, the thing that makes it even more remarkable is this was the 25th anniversary for Bill McAnally and Napa Auto Parts. And uh, not only just that, but... It seems like Bill has a knack for putting together championship runs on these anniversary seasons with Napa. He won one on the 10th anniversary with Brendan Gone. He won one on the 20th with Eric Holmes. And now 25th anniversary, you were able to deliver that for them. Uh, how does that make you feel? Yeah, it, it, it's awesome. Um, to just be a part of the storylines, to be a part of history with that team. Um, what Bill has done and accomplished, I mean, he's he's pretty much built an empire is what he's done and what the best way I can describe it. I mean, for anybody that hasn't visited his race shop in Roseville, I highly recommend it. You know, myself and obviously uh, yourself, Anthony, we've had the opportunity to go in his shop. It's really cool, and it gives you a lot of uh, background on, um, you know, a reason. Like, you walk in there, and you understand why they're a championship team. He just He does all the things right. And to be part of that legacy now um, as a champion in Bill McAnally Racing. Um, and like you said, what better way to do it on the 25th year anniversary with Napa? I don't know many race teams or organizations that have created a partnership long-lasting and loyal as he has uh, with Napa. 25 years and going strong. And I don't see them um, you know, breaking apart anytime soon. So um, that's truly a testimony to who bill is as a person as a team owner and it's really cool to be a part of it for sure and in addition to building that uh, nascar cane and pro series west empire he's also ventured out into the east series in the last couple of years uh, with napa and with haas automation and a couple other partners uh, is that something that you're interested in just being that now you've got this one uh, big accomplishment under your belt and obviously as you said you guys are going after it again next year but uh, would you like to get some e- uh, east races in as well yeah, most definitely. Um, although racing in the West Series is phenomenal, it's great. Um, it's kind of cool because it's close to home where I grew up. But then again, you know, racing against the East guys is a ton of fun. Um, anytime we get to go to Iowa for the East-West combos, uh, Phoenix had a lot of East guys. Um, you know, I'm not going to say the East Series is any better because I feel like Brandon McReynolds proved that the East or the West Series can can run just as well sweeping Iowa uh, as a West car. Uh, on the east-west combos, and we had west cars that ran really well there. Um, nevertheless, I, I would like to go out there and run east. Unfortunately, you know, racing is a tough sport. It's unlike any other uh, stick-and-ball sport. It, it's driven by money, and without great people like Bill has with Napa and Napa Filters and Toyota, uh, it makes it difficult. So we're going to we're gonna work hard over the off-season. Um, our plans are to run the full, full west series. Um, we're, we're trying to get some, some things put together to run a part-time East schedule, but only time will tell, um, and hopefully we can put something together and uh, open up at New Smyrna in February when the East opens up for their schedule. 
Well, that'd certainly be great to see a West Series champion get some East races under their belt. We've uh, seen it a few times in the last few years where a couple of West Series champions have uh, been able to get out there in the East cars. Uh, Dylan Kwasniewski, the uh, most notable one, winning a championship in the East Series the year following his West Championship. But uh, moving on to the next topic here, I mean, you talked about a teammate a moment ago, Brennan McReynolds. Well, next season you'll have a new teammate on your team. You'll actually have two of them. First, it'll be Todd Gilliland, who won the race at Phoenix when you won the championship making his debut, and then Riley Herbst, who uh, ran the uh, Napa Driver Expo for Bill McAnally Racing uh, just a month ago. Yeah, no, it's, um, well, first and foremost, it's going to be a bummer not having Brandon a part of our team. Um, hopefully he can get some stuff going for himself next year uh, on the East Coast, back in North Carolina, where he's from. But nevertheless, having Todd Gillen and Riley Herbst coming on board with Bill McAnally Racing, it's, it's going to be a lot of fun working with those guys. Um, Todd at such a young age has definitely proven to himself and everybody around that, you know, that kid can wheel a race car, 15 years old, goes out and shows everybody up Phoenix. Really cool to see at such a young age. Um, Todd is such a a great, young, humble kid. Um, I feel like, uh, I'm going to have a lot of fun working with him. Um, although he probably thinks he's going to learn the most from me, I, I feel like there's going to be times where I can learn from him as well. So it'd be really great to work with him. Uh, Riley coming from Irwindale, racing at Irwindale, a lot of off-road experience, uh, not only from himself, his dad, grandpa, uh, bringing some diverse background into Bill McNally racing. It's going to be a lot of fun working with those guys. Um, so having a three-car team on the West Coast, it will definitely stay busy over at BMR. And um, hopefully have a great shot and good run at providing Bill with his seventh cane and West Championship, hopefully for next year. Yeah, well, we've talked a lot about championships tonight and uh, your championship specifically. But uh, for your final question here, uh, you guys are going to get to celebrate that championship here pretty soon. In about a week, you guys get to go out to North Carolina with all the other Tour Series championships uh, winners. And you get to be honored for your accomplishments at the NASCAR Hall of Fame. You know, you guys worked all year for this, and now you get to be uh, celebrated with all the other champions of the Touring Series in really the hub of NASCAR racing in Charlotte. That's got to be something you're really looking forward to, I bet. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, I've heard some stories about the banquet that NASCAR puts on, and, and I know they're going to do a great job. and just so looking forward to it, not only for myself, but to bring our whole team out there from Roseville, California, um, just to soak in the moment and just kind of reflect on the accomplishment that everybody was able to come together and produce for everybody. It's going to be really cool to go out there and, um, you know, everybody get honored for, for everything and the appreciation that everybody put forth. Um, it's going to be really cool. So really looking forward to making that trip out to Charlotte, North Carolina. It's going to be a lot of fun. Um, you know, obviously get to hang out with the East champion, William Byron, um, and meet some new great people, champion of the Euro and Mexico series as well as uh, the Modified Series and the, uh, the Wheeling Champion. So should be a lot of fun. Um, really looking forward to it. Uh, but at the same time, you know, as much as we get to the end of the season or race season, you know, everybody's been grinding away, blood, sweat, and tears. Uh, at times we look forward to the off season. Well, we're not very far into this off season. I'm really looking forward to the, the next race season. So uh, I can't wait to get back in the seat of a race car as well. Uh, but in the meantime, we'll, we'll definitely live in the moment and soak up this championship for sure. Well, Chris, enjoy your celebration, and uh, thank you for joining us today, and uh, congratulations again on your NASCAR championship. Absolutely, Anthony, and again, I appreciate you having me on your program, and uh, until next time. Thank you, Chris. 
That was Chris Eggleston, driver of the number 99 Napa Filters Toyota.